Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome into Sports Memo's Betting Podcast Thursday, college basketball edition with Mid-Major Matt. Mid-Major Matt, welcome to the pod. How are you, man? Doing good. Uh, I actually found, I think I did a little research, Thursdays are my best days. So I'm really uh, looking forward to another Thursday card filled with the Horizon, the CAA, the West Coast Conference, all that fun stuff for the mid-major guy. Absolutely. Ready to get after it, man. More winners than losers. Hopefully we can put uh, the listeners and myself on uh, those sides here, mid-major. Matt, starting off near the top of the card, 607-608, first game up, 7 o'clock Eastern tip, William and Mary. At Charleston, we're seeing Charleston minus six in the hook at home, 141 and a half the total. How are you attacking this one? Well, so, you know, everybody who watches this podcast knows what I think about William & Mary. It's a team that I've backed uh, as when I can because there's certain situations. You know, you look at them this year, eight road wins this season for William & Mary. At the one point, that, that was the most in the country because they had played so many early road games. Um, it, you know, it's the same thing over and over again. They are ridiculously effective and efficient on offense. Uh, they're 30th in the country at shooting twos, 58th in the country at shooting threes, and they go as their twin towers go. Nathan Knight leads the league and the country in double-doubles. And here's a guy who did not uh, go to the NBA draft like he thought he was going to. He is a guy that a couple of days ago, um, when they were playing Northeastern, went coast-to-coast as a point guard, made a layup at the buzzer and got them the victory. Um, Andy Van Vliet is a guy who's been hot and cold as of late transfer coming from the Big Ten. He's a seven-footer who can shoot three-pointers. Their problem, as we've always talked about here, is they don't force turnovers. Only 14.6%, which is 348th in the country. Uh, they went 2-2 two and two during their last four-game homestand, which was a bit odd. Um, they, they beat Northeastern. They got crushed by Hofstra. It was uh, not even that close, man. Hofstra uh, did to them what William Mary did to the Hofstra in uh, Hempstead, New York. You look at Charleston, 297th uh, fastest tempo. So they want a slow game. They want to have a nice pace to everything. Uh, they are really good from the free throw line, shooting almost 78%. They've won three of their last four. But if you go back a little farther, they are 3-3 three and three in their last six and have already lost four home games. They lost to VCU at home. They lost to Oklahoma State, they lost to Northeastern, and they lost to UNC Wilmington home. So it's not a guarantee that they're going to be awesome at home. They go as Grant Riller goes. He's their leading scorer. He's their do-everything guy. And if you notice the meeting in Williamsburg, which William Mary won 67-56, Grant Riller was only 10 points. He shot 3 of 13 from the field. Uh, Charleston was not very efficient in that game, 40% from 2, 25% from 3-point land. Nathan I had a double-double, 21-13. and 13. Andy Van Vliet did not have one of their best games. Plus, William Mary only shot 14 of 34 from two-point land. Basically, all these stats are telling you and telling me that I kind of like William Mary in this situation. I think we're getting a lot of points here. I think they're a team that's hard to figure out. Of course, they could get blown out. But I also think anytime you get six and a half on the road with a home team that's not exactly you know defending home court well, they've already lost four times there. I think the Tribe, if they play their best and they should be focused enough after just a two and two homestand, should be a very live dog at six and a half points or even higher if it goes up higher by the time you watch this podcast. So you like William and Mary to, to, to win outright? Well, 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 now wait a second here. I'm not going to, 
it's six and a half here, Drew. If it was like two, three, then maybe I would consider it a money line. But like, look, I'm going to take the nice safety and the comfort of a six and a half because remember, Charleston's a really good free throw shooting team. So I don't need to worry about, you know, a tight game, Charleston making their free throws. So let's just be safe here. Take William and Mary plus six and a half. Hopefully it goes up. Maybe it will. Who knows? But if it goes down, I'd play it to probably like five. Um, maybe, you know, I, maybe four and a half. But from six and a half to five is probably the range that I would play William and Mary tomorrow at Charleston. All right. Good start to the show here, Matt. We got next game up 613, 614, another seven o'clock Eastern tip. UTSA at Old Dominion Conference USA matchup here. We're seeing ODU minus six at home, 147 the total here, Matt. So I loved UTSA going into this season. The Roadrunners were a team that have a really good backcourt. They made me a lot of money last year, especially at home. Uh, Siobhan Jackson and Keaton Wallace are an elite backcourt. And last year they scored games where they had 60 points between the two of them. And they were just ridiculous as a team. This year, they might be one of the most disappointing teams in college basketball, certainly one of the most disappointing mid-major teams. They've lost four of their last six. They've only had two road wins this year at Texas State and at Rice. They're hideous defensively. 288th against three-pointers, 313th in the country against two-pointers. But they do play at the 25th quickest pace. Now, the question is, can a Monarchs team that is one of the most offensively deficient teams in the country take advantage? They're only 3-5 and in their last eight. They've already lost to JMU at home. They've already lost to Richmond at home. They lost to Florida International at home. Florida International kind of profiles the same as UTSA. Both teams want to get up and down. Both teams have a really good offense. Both teams are a little lackadaisical on defense. Here's how hideous the ODU is on offense. They are 344th in three-point shooting. And there's only 353 teams ranked. Their defense is strong as usual. The question for their offense is the loss of Jason Wade at guard. And, you know, they've played a couple games without Jason Wade. But ODU just doesn't have a ton of weapons. They're not a deep team. I've told myself I would swear off UTSA so far this season because there were situations where they should have won. They should have covered. Go all the way back to the first game of the year when they played Oklahoma at Oklahoma. Me and several of the other handicappers on Wage Talk and Sports Memo were all on UTSA. I believe it was tied at halftime. They got blasted in the second half. They then went to a tournament and went to a neutral court and lost a bunch of games. I really wish I could back UTSA here because I think they have the better offense than ODU, but their defense is so hideous. So I may look at the total here. I'm hoping potentially some people will buy it down a little bit because they know how good ODU is on defense. Uh, it's like around 147 now. If it goes down a little bit into like the 145, maybe 144, I might look to the over here because I think UTSA's defense is so bad that ODU is going to stumble onto some points, and I think UTSA could score some points as well. Okay, yeah, we're seeing mostly 147. There is 146 and a half, and I would say more so at the leading indicator book. So I, I, I do think it's on its way down. So we might get it uh, even lower here in the UTSA ODU matchup. We got a couple more games and a best bet from Mid Major Matt coming up. And guys, coupon code for this podcast is DM210. More than a hundred bucks off. Big savings there at SportsMemo.com for Mid Major Matt's 30-day all-access package. You'll get all of his plays in every sport he releases, college basketball season in full swing all the way through conference tournament time. So it's a, a, a really good package here, guys. DM210 at checkout for his 30-day all-access for $210. DM210 at checkout, sportsmemo.com. We got JMU at Drexel up next, mid-major, Matt. We're seeing Drexel. Minus six. Haven't heard much about Drexel this year, mid-major, Matt. I know it's right up your alley, 
But uh, 152 being the total. What are you liking here? JMU versus Drexel. This is uh, there's a common thread. Obviously, we've done William Mary. We did ODU. We did JMU. And hey, I live in Virginia. So that's why we're doing a lot of the games that I'm at least familiar with. Well, uh, in, we'll talk about in Matt. Not only do you live in Virginia, you work for ESPN Radio Richmond and, and, and have to cover these. Right. Talk to the talk to the coaches, talk no? to the coaches, people who cover the teams, all that good stuff. And, and I'm not saying I have insider sources or anything, and I'm certainly not controlling anybody whatsoever. But it's just the teams that I'm uh, familiar with. We'll start out with those Drexel Dragons here, Drew. Uh, they are 331st in turnovers, so like they do not take care of the ball at all, and they're not very good shooting from three-point land, just 35.6%. They've lost three straight since winning three straight, so it's a team that's you know kind of hilly here. The thing is, they've suddenly found some defense in conference play. They've held four of their last five opponents at home to less than 70 points. That includes William & Mary, uh, who scored only 57 in Philadelphia. So Drexel's starting to figure things out on the defensive side of the ball. Can't say the same for JMU. They play with one of the quickest tempos in the country, fifth quickest. They have the ninth shortest offensive possession length. Uh, they're only shooting 46.8% from two-point land, 64.3% from free throw line. They do have three road wins, though. ODU, which we talked about in the last play, uh, Fordham, and UNC Wilmington here. Um, you, they've lost seven of their last eight. They are coming off an 83-66 win over UNC Wilmington. But on the road, they've allowed 82, 88, 69, 85, and 60 in conference. So, like, they don't play any defense. Last meeting between the two, Drexel went to Harrisonburg and won 78-71. to They had four double-digit scores, 17 turnovers in the game, but it obviously didn't hurt them. Matt Lewis led JMU at 24 points, and they shot 34.2% from two-point land. I think this is a perfect live betting game. And here's the reason why I think this is a good live betting game, because JMU and Drexel are two teams that you need to kind of figure out in game. You know, JMU with their their pace and their tempo should be able to get things going a little bit. But if Drexel slows it down, then I lean more towards the Dragon. So this is one of these games I want to watch the first eight minutes or so, see how things are going, see if there's any foul trouble, whose pace is winning out here. Is Drexel turning the ball over a lot? I think if somehow JMU gets out to a lead here and we get an opportunity to buy back Drexel on a shorter price, I think Drexel wins the game. But I think we wait a little bit, hope JMU goes up uh, early on, and then get Drexel at maybe minus one, minus two early, uh, in the middle of the game, buy back on the Dragons, and get them at a better number than the uh, start of the game. Mid-major Matt, you know, I, I don't claim to be a Colonial Athletic Association conference expert by any means, but going off like Blimp's view here, so JMU won 78-71 the first go-around in JMU, correct? Yes. Okay. And there was 77 possessions. I, I would look for that, that JMU is going to then again control the pace this time around, uh, Thursday night's matchup. Uh, even though they are on the road, uh, w- would you not look for the same thing here? Well, I've always believed it's harder for a faster team to get their pace going, especially on the road. So, like, it, it, you know, and Drexel has shown at times that they are willing to go back and forth. If you look, like, their defense was hideous before this stretch against the CAA opponents. So, like, there's a chance Drexel can also oblige. And this is also one of those situations where maybe you see a slow start and a lot of missed shots, but a lot of possessions. And maybe you take an in-game over, which is lower than this number. So, like, that's why there's a lot of variables to this matchup, which is why I recommend, if you can, now this game's on Flow Sports or ESPN+. Plus. So you're going to have to find it or find the game cast. But, like, I feel like we can get a good gauge about eight or ten minutes into this game on the pace, on the shots, that each side's getting foul trouble and things like that. But 
you know, I don't expect them to have 77 possessions in Philadelphia if Drexel Drexel may not allow that to happen. Yeah, I, I don't think that they're. Eh, I don't know. It, it's a fascinating matchup. You know, the 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 really ultra fast teams like JMU versus more slower teams like Drexel. Which it caught my attention when you said they were getting better on the defensive end. Did you have you noticed anything in terms of of what they're doing differently and why they're getting better? Well, I think part of it is the opponents, and you know, there's a clear dichotomy when it comes to this conference. If you look at the top of the conference, the William and Marys, the ha- the Hofstras, the Charlestons, the Northeasterns, the teams they were doing it at home against, they gave up 66 to UNC Wilmington, not a good team. They gave up 55 to Delaware, who's very hot and cold. I think Delaware's a bit of a paper tiger here in terms of I don't think they're as good as their record. They gave up 41 to Elon, who is not very good. And then the 57 to William and Mary, I think, was kind of a shock. But I also think William and Mary was due for a bad game. Um, if you look at their defense away... You know, they gave 89 to Towson, 85 to Northeastern, 72 to Hofstra, and then 80 to Delaware at Delaware. Um, and the, uh, you look at the possessions. The only time they allowed this thing to get over 70 since early December was last time out against Delaware when it was 72 and at, uh, at JMU when it was 77. Every other time, it's been in the 60s and the high 60s. So that's why I feel like they're going to slow it down a little bit. If you look early on, they had a ton of games over 70. If you go to through this, the opening of the season to December 4th, they yeah. had six really fast games. And I just don't know if that's going to happen there. I think that there's been a conscious effort to slow games down a little bit because they're not offensively gifted by any means. So, therefore, I just feel like they're trying to slow it down, grind it out. They play good defense, although – you know, they allow 50.8% from two-point land. But I just it's kind of like, as you said, the blimp's view of it, if you break it down even further, they're doing this against the lesser teams of the conference. Yeah, yeah good stuff. I, I, don't, I don't disagree with you. I mean, I was just thinking. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thinking, trying to think of ways, but I, 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 JMU isn't as good as some of these teams they played on. They played against like early in the season, like Stephen F. Austin. There was what eighty possessions in that game, but that's because Stephen Stephen F. Austin is is a lot better than Drexel, and I'm not so sure. I'm not so confident that JMU is is kind of next level than Drexel. Are you? No, but I'm looking here and I see Bryant had seventy one possessions. I don't think I think Bryant and JMU. I think would assume JMU's better. Princeton got seventy two possessions. Princeton's probably better than JMU. Um, it's an interesting matchup. Once again, I mean, you're kind of helping out the point a little bit by by saying, like, you need to see the matchup and how it goes. Because if Drexel's running with them, then the over's in play and probably JMU's in play. If it's a slower, grinded-out game, I don't have faith in in JMU. Look, this is a team that lost at home to Elon. Like, they're just, I mean, JMU has all the talent in the world, but, like, talking to people at JMU, there's a lot of frustration when it comes to the lack of defense, Excuse me, they lost at Elon, but they were favored at Elon, I believe. And, and they gave up 82 points to an Elon team that we just talked about scored around 40 against Drexel at Drexel. So, like, there's a lot of frustration. Um, Lou Rose on the hot seat at, at uh, JMU. So, like, they're, you know, 
I don't know what he's saying, if it's getting to the team or not. So like, it's, it's an interesting matchup with a lot of variables to consider. Off the topic question for you, mid-major Matt, do you think there's anybody in the world that's going to break down the pace of play in the James Madison Drexel game tomorrow night? Any, anybody doing it more than we just did? I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I hope that the people are still listening. And then if they aren't, like they, they fast forward through this part. But, I mean, I hope they are. I, I, we're just trying to give information out here. I know people always say when they watch our videos, like, oh, why doesn't he give picks on everything? I feel like giving picks, giving information is just as good as giving picks and letting you guys decide. This game's probably not going to be on a lot of people's radars anyway, but we're at least giving them food for thought to if they want to consider this matchup. Absolutely. Follow him on Twitter at MidMajorMatt, myself on Twitter at DrewMartinBets. Let us know if, uh, if if you're liking the breakdowns in terms of pace of play for college basketball in the Colonial League. And uh, if not, let us know as well and uh, how we can improve. Always interested in the comments on YouTube, on Twitter, at MidMajorMatt, at DrewMartinBets. We got 633-634 up next if you're following along at home. Murray State at Belmont. Belmont, minus six, 150 the total here, Matt. This is a revenge game because, remember, I think we talked about this game like two weeks ago or three weeks ago when Murray State was hosting Belmont. We gave out the over because of how efficient these two offenses are. And Murray won 85 to 75. You look at Murray State in that game, five double-digit scores. Tevin Brown was awesome. They shot really well, almost better than they usually do from three-pointer, 12-21, and they out-rebounded Belmont, which was huge because they were able to turn those things into some and-ones inside. 42-30, to they out-rebounded Belmont. You look at the Bruins, and, and you know they're always a good three-point shooting team, only 12-29 of uh, at the in the Murray State game. And they also shot 5-12 of in the free-throw line, which is very uncharacteristic for a team that's around a 71% free-throw shooting team. Belmont was up 9 with 17 minutes left, and then Murray just turned on the Jets and won the game. So now this, the, the script gets flipped here. And just in case you're not familiar with these two teams, I mean, Belmont's still the effective team we've always talked about. They play with a quick pace, 244th in the country. They are 7th best at two-pointers. They are 64th best in three-pointers. They have been very good at home. They've won every game at home by double digits except beating Lipscomb by five. They did somehow lose to Southern Illinois Edwardsville to begin 2020, 79-69. Murray State, 11-game win streak. Their last loss came on the road at Evansville back in December 21st. And as a quick aside, Drew, like, Evansville's a mess right now. But they have wins over Murray State and Kentucky. Like, how the heck does that happen considering how bad Evansville is right now? Yeah, I, I have no idea. I mean, that, that Kentucky game obviously flew. I, I don't know if Murray State's all that good. The Racers, they've dropped a bunch of games this year, though. They have. They have four road wins, but they did lose their steps up of competition. Tennessee and Missouri State, another team that's been very disappointing. Murray State's another efficient offense, 39th in two-pointers, 48th in three-pointers. Uh, they play good defense inside here. But I feel like a lot of the stuff that Murray State used to get the game at home, it's just not going to happen on the road. I don't know if Belmont's going to shoot 12 of 29 again from three-point land. I don't think they're going to miss seven free throws out of 12 attempts. I don't think they're going to blow a nine-point lead with 17 minutes left at home. Not necessarily t saying to take Belmont here, but I think the overs in play. We talked about how much these two teams are very efficient, and it was an 85-75 game at Murray State. You know, if Belmont gets the chance for some revenge, they're going to pour it on a little bit at the end. So 150 is about a good number here, but I think the over could be in play between Murray State and Belmont because, once again, I think these two offenses are going to find success against each other. What do you think of the Ohio Valley Conference overall? I don't handicap a ton of the um, 
Ohio Valley, but I'll say this, there's a new the sheriff in town. I mean, Austin P is really hot right now too. Now, if you look at Austin P's numbers, they've got this kid, Terry Taylor, who's a six foot five junior guard who I really like, and he's a very good player, but you look at their numbers, they're defensively 329th in effective field goal percentage. They are allowing teams to shoot nearly 39% from long range, over 50% from two point range. Like they're a good team, but once again, like how good are they against these other squads? They did beat Belmont 86, 78. I think it's going to be one of those three teams, Belmont, Murray State, or Austin P. And if it's Belmont or Murray State, there's a chance for a victory in March. But if it's Austin P, probably not. Mid-major, Matt, we got uh, the night slate to still hit here. We're going to hit on uh, Loyola, Marymount versus Gonzaga, and St. Mary's versus San Diego. Kind of two nightcaps going side by side here. And uh, actually, both of them on national TV. So we got back-to-back degenerate specials going at the same exact time 11 o'clock eastern tip-offs here kind of getting me excited here matt we got rotation number six nine three six nine four up first loyola marymount versus gonzaga the number two ranked zags minus 25 and a half at home 143 and a half being the total it's a late night degenerate special, Matt. What what are you suggesting we do? Well, so I mean, if you've watched the podcast, you already know what the best bet for the podcast is. And it, and look, it, it may not hit, and it's been a little hairy the last couple times. But like, I'm taking the first half over in Gonzaga. I know how slow Loyola Marymount is, but like Pacific's even slower, and Loy- and Gonzaga blitzed them in the first half. So like, that's the best bet for this thing is the Gonzaga first half over. It's almost an instant bet right now. There's probably not a situation. Well, okay, maybe not the game in Moraga you know, on Saturday against St. Mary's, but at home, pretty much an instant bet for me, especially when it's this low because, you know, we, we try and figure this out. So if it's 143, Drew, I'm guessing 67, 68 for the first half over. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Well, I'm certainly going to. And look, Loyola Marymount's going to try and slow it down, and it's just not going to happen. The two teams played in Loyola Marymount earlier this year. 87-62, the Zags won on the road. One of the games that probably didn't go over the first half total because it was 38-22 at half, but we know how much better Gonzaga is at home. They shot 62% from two-point land in that game. The other reason why we're bringing this up, and we're going to tie it into the St. Mary's game too, is As I said, Gonzaga's next contest is at St. Mary's on Saturday. And every time we've done this podcast and talked about Gonzaga, one of the things I look at is what is Gonzaga's game before they play St. Mary's, before they play BYU, and is there a look-ahead factor? So we went back four years for the game before the road trip to St. Mary's, okay? We didn't didn't do the home games before St. Mary's. The road trips to St. Mary's, this is what Gonzaga did the game before. 2019, they won by 20 at Pacific. 2018, they won by 10 at Pacific. 2017, they won by 30 at Loyola Marymount. 2016, they won by 26 at home against San Diego. All these games before St. Mary's. So if you're handicapping this game and you're thinking, oh, maybe there's a look ahead here. There probably is, but it doesn't seem to phase Gonzaga here. Plus, Loyola Marymount's terrible. Now, I'm not recommending taking the Gonzaga spread. I'm more leaning towards the over here, as we said, the first half over and, and the total here. But like, if you're just blindly thinking, hey, look ahead, look ahead. I'm here to say it's not a guarantee. Now, the big number means probably, and what's coming up means the guys, the starters may sit out a little bit earlier if it gets to be a blowout. But Gonzaga's top, you know, the, what, six through 10 is probably better than Loyola Marymount's one through five. So, like, it's a lot to consider here, which is why I'm more leaning towards the total here. But don't blindly bet Loyola Marymount thinking that Gonzaga's looking ahead to St. Mary's 
because that's not necessarily the case. Great point. Point well taken there, Matt. We got uh, coupon code DM210, more than 100 bucks off of his 30-day all-access package. Good for 48 hours. Sportsmemo.com. Check him out. Mid-major Matt, college basketball betting expert, knows his mid-majors as good as anybody. It's in his name. That's how you know it's good. We got last game here. The simultaneous degenerate special here, Matt. The first game, Gonzaga's on CBS Sports Network. This game, St. Mary's versus San Diego. I believe the Toros, ESPNU, 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern, minus doubles here. St. Mary's on the road, minus 11, 133 and a half the total, Matt. By the way, I believe it's the Toreros. Is the, oh, is uh, it? It's the Toreros, I believe. What did I say? You said the Toros? which I believe is from um, uh, the, the cheerleading movie. I believe they're the Toros. Um, the Gales. Uh, so when we talked about the look-ahead factor here, and yes, they are the Toreros, coached by Sam Shaw, who I couldn't pick out of a lineup and would have never guessed in a million years. Uh, San Diego is 8-16 and 16 so far this season. And so we talked about the look-ahead factor for Gonzaga. You would think the home team that's going to welcome Gonzaga into their building would be a look-ahead factor. So I went back the same span, last four years, to look at what St. Mary's has done the game before they host Gonzaga. And once again, I found it's not a guarantee that they're not looking ahead. Uh, 2019, they beat Portland by 17 at home. 2018, they won by 21 at Loyola Marymount. 2017, they won by 10 at home against Portland. 2016, they won by 16 against Pacific. So once again... It's more about information here in terms of neither of these two teams are looking ahead for the most part uh, when it comes to looking at the recent history. Last four years. Now, I could have gone back even further, but, you know, look, I think it's a more representative thing to look at like a four year span as opposed to a, um, you know, like a 10, 15 year span. And if you also notice, St. Mary's was home for three of those four matchups. This game, they're at uh, San Diego. Now, San Diego lost 94-50 to Gonzaga at home, so it didn't really matter to them. San Diego is abysmal as a team. Like, if you look on Ken Palm, almost everything they do is red, and some of it's more severe red. They are 45% shooters from two-point land, 31.1% from three-point land. They are the 320th most efficient offense in college basketball right now. Basically, what I'm telling you is you could go and you could bet against um, St. Mary's and Gonzaga, but I wouldn't use the look-ahead factor because clearly in the past, these two teams have been very focused because they're playing the lower-level teams. San Diego stinks. Loyola Marymount stinks. Gonzaga's not going to lose at home. St. Mary's is probably not going to lose at San Diego. So just don't blindly bet the look-ahead here because as history tells us, these two teams still manage to smash the teams before they play each other in Moraga. Mid-Major Matt, good stuff as always. College basketball betting expert on Twitter, at Mid-Major Matt. You can get his 30-day all-access package, all plays, college basketball, any sport he releases. And, guys, that gets you through the uh, conference tournaments here. That's going to be a big time with Mid-Major Matt. Coupon code DM210, DM210 at checkout. Big savings, sportsmemo.com, Mid-Major Matt. Mid-Major Matt, you want to throw anything else out before we shut this down? Uh, look, uh, there's some just, you know, you've got all these interesting situations, as we've talked about here. When you look at a rematch and the scene shifting, just take 
bits and pieces out of a box score don't blindly think that because the first game was a high-scoring game, the second game will be a high-scoring game. Don't think the other way around. Like So, like, we'll do a lot of the research for you, but if you're going to look at rematches here, just take bits and pieces out of things that might have been out of the ordinary from the first matchup, and that'll help you out when we get into these rematches here as uh, the season goes along. All right, man. Well, good stuff as always, guys. Coupon code DM210 at checkout is 30-day all-access package. Guys, best of luck with your bets. We'll talk tomorrow. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.